when you come to a time like this that's critical um, to hear people speaking the language of equity um, just in natural discourse is just it's beautiful you know there's there's no manual for how to deal with this and so in a situation like this you have to use your core values as your guiding principles That was Elena Trott, Director of Strategic Planning in Chesapeake Public Schools in Virginia. I wanted uh, to talk with Elena for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I am working with her and her team as part of the Valen uh, Virginia's for Learners uh, initiative that is statewide and it's, that's being um, led by the, the Advanced Learning Partnerships team that I'm a part of. And uh, Chesapeake Public Schools is one of the teams that I'm looking after, and so that was one reason. But the second reason is, as you heard in that brief clip, that this is a school district that has been talking about equity for a long time. So as as much as it is a emerging topic for many people, and, and people are dealing with it in, in whatever ways they can, here is a school district that has been um, living this this idea for a long time and so uh, it was my privilege to speak with Elena and hear just what that means in this very very new and strange world. Welcome everyone another episode of what's happening in education COVID-19 and uh, I've been privileged to talk to a lot of different people from a lot of different places and and some people that I've known some people that I don't know and Elena is something somebody that I just met uh, about six weeks ago with my work uh, with Advanced Learning Partnerships and the uh, Virginia uh, is for Learners um, project where we're working with uh, di divisions all across the state of Virginia. And one of the, the leaders is uh, Elena Trott from Chesapeake Public Schools. Um, and uh, she is here just to share a little bit about what's happening in, uh, in her division and her state. So I'll just get her to, uh, Elena, just to introduce yourself quickly and then we'll dive into the questions. Sure. Um, I'm Elena Trott. I I'm the Director of Strategic Initiatives for Chesapeake Public Schools in Virginia. Um, we're a very um, diverse school district with about 40,000 students. Uh, we have a great military-connected population, um, and um, we're excited to be here. We're excited yeah. to share some ideas and, and hopefully inspire some hope. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I've got to know a little bit of the Virginia context over the last um, few months or so with, with my work with... Um, uh, with the Valen project, but um, uh, and I know that Virginia, as a state, had, was one of the earlier states to basically say, "Yeah, we'll we will be out of school for the year." So that I don't, I, it sounds like for most people that was a welcomed, just to know either way what's going to happen, and so they've moved forward. And I'm always impressed with what I see in the state. But one of my first questions is like, if I'm a teacher in Chesapeake Public Schools, Virginia. Uh, what am I being asked to do between now and the end of the school year? What's my job? Sure. Um, well, I will say that first and foremost, um, our emphasis has been on relationships um, through this entire situation. Um, so our priority for our teachers has been to find new ways to connect and maintain those relationships with our students, with our families, with each other. Um, our superintendent, Dr. Jerry Cotton, 
was has been very clear um, that our success at the end of this will be um, based on how well we took care of each other, not necessarily on how we improved our strategic planning goals or accreditation test scores or anything like that. So um, first and foremost, it has been it has been that um, early on in the closure. Once we realized we got the the word that it would be more than two weeks, um, much longer, um, we asked all of our teachers, our homeroom teachers, if they would please contact um, the students in their homerooms um, just to do a wellness check to see how things are going with the kids um, you know if anybody was experiencing extreme distress um, to let them know how to get uh, in touch with community resources letting our guidance counselors know so-and-so might need a follow-up phone call um, and they also did um, a, a little survey to see the access to technology in the home because at that point we are not a one-to-one -one district um, so we needed to gauge how you know what the resources are um, available to our families so that we could make some informed decisions in the next steps in terms of social emotional support and also continuity of learning. So um, we, our continuity of learning plan has actually gone out in three phases. We just started phase three this week. Um, we had spring break and it, we felt it was really important to observe spring break last week um, just to kind of give everybody um, some peace and, and relaxation. Um, as much as they could. Um, but now our teachers are remotely collaborating within their professional learning communities to design both online and paper pencil learning activities um, that are aligning with essential skills um, within our curriculum that we weren't able to teach prior to the closure. So all of our learning activities prior to phase three were actual remediation um, review activities and now we're digging into new content. So special education teachers and ELL teachers are working with our general education teachers to provide modifications and accommodations to students in need of those supports. Um, they're also meeting with students through video conferencing. Um, we do have Google Suite um, it, for our students. Um, and so Google Meet has been great. We're uploading learning activities and instructional resources to Google Classroom. Um, thankfully, we did have uh, ample supply of laptops that we've been able to, we're in the process of still distributing those to our, our high school who have so that um, they can finish the course competencies and earn those credits. Um, for our elementary and middle school students without technology, we're providing printable learning packets um, and the teachers are providing instructional support over the phone. Um, and then at the central office level, you know, we're being creative and finding innovative ways to connect, um, provide frequent and accurate and consistent messaging. Um, we have a, we're a large district, and so uh, making sure that we get that message out in a timely manner, um, utilizing technology con to continue the work and being creative and how to do that. We recently held our Teacher of the Year ceremony, which had been postponed um, because of the closure. So we were able to be creative and do like a YouTube live premiere um, nice. virtually. That was, that was a lot of fun. So um, we're getting creative and um, and and collaborating. And it's, it is beautiful to watch to see people thinking out of the box. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, first of all, I love I mean, I just love the fact, and I know you you talked to me and your team talked to me about uh, how much you valued your superintendent in terms of his, this was before all this, right? Just the way that he was empowering you guys and uh, to do a lot of great work. 
And I'm just, you know, as soon as I hear that, that the message is loud and clear, take care of people's uh, emotional and, and um, social emotional needs first, and then worry about the next thing later. One of the questions though, and you talked about, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you know, talked about the fact that you're focusing on high school students, making sure they had the access to technology a little bit more uh, at stake in terms of, of their academics. Um, do you have any sense, and maybe you don't, so, so don't, feel, don't feel pressured into answering this question, but like I, I think about, okay, so if I looked at a, the spectrum of students and think about, uh, let me categorize these students as having access, uh, they're sort of in the okay category in terms of they can continue learning, and then you have the group of students, and there may be some, I don't know, that maybe, maybe teachers haven't even been able to get a hold of for some reason, or, or just having terrible time doing it, and sort of that added stress of, man, I only be able, I talk to this person once on the phone or whatever. Do you have any sense of like how many families that would involve or what percentage of your students sort of fall under that really vulnerable category that, that you've tried everything, but just can't, it's not much you can do. Yes. So we had, um, we had a pretty good return rate on that, that first run of phone calls, um, you know, did the check-in phone calls. Um, I want to say it was over the 80% mark. So that was good that we were able to establish that communication, you know, um, and there are some, but I think as words kind of traveling out um, in other means um, and kids, you know, they use their social media and right. parents are posting things. And so, you know, word of mouth, is kind of getting out that and we've had people call and say hey and you know and ask us um, and reach out to us I'm not exactly sure what the percentage of unable to reach at this point is I know that there are some um, and not just because of language barriers but I think some too because of transitional um, challenges like you know we, we need to go um, live with grandma until this right. is over or you know we're there's work here. And so we're going to have to travel to this space. So we're, you know, there are some that we haven't been able to reach. And, um, and that's why it's been really important that we've um, prioritized the connections before the content, you know, um, and I think we'll talk shortly about, um, you know, some of our grading and, and things like that, that we've adjusted attendance policies, all that kind of stuff that we've adjusted um, to, to recognize that this isn't the priority right now. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just, I mean, I think to me, I always just think that's sort of when, when they're coming to the building, even though, and this is where the equity thing is really, is really been on my mind lately. Uh, we can in some ways fool ourselves into not fool, a fool is not a great word, but we have more of a chance to make the educational experience more equitable when they're in a building together in a room where they have access to the same things and so forth. And now the equity, uh, the equity issue is just really, to me just right in our face like oh man and again whether it's whether it's because they have to move because of work or you know uh, parenting all there's just a myriad of, of issues that that affect them um so that's just going to be an interesting i think uh reflection around because i because at this point again there's just you do everything you can but there you are way more limited in what you're able to do to help those most vulnerable you mentioned too around the messaging and I know you're part of that. Um, can you can you tell me just like what you've appreciated? I think personally, from your perspective, what you've appreciated uh, from a messaging standpoint. And again, you kind of I know you touched on the the emphasis, but is there anything even specific in that that you said? Boy, I really appreciated these words, this uh, format, uh, frequency, or whatever to help you uh, do your job better. 
Yeah, I mean, we shared, I'm really grateful about our district's priority in maintaining connections right now. Um, we know that our kids miss their friends, they miss their teachers, um, they miss a sense of normalcy. Um, we know that they have additional burdens of taking care of siblings and supporting their parents who are under distress right now and sadness from missing out on things um, that they were looking forward to, such as prom and, you know, spring sports seasons had literally just started. Um, even, you know, taking an AP exam that you knew you're going to do an awesome job at, you know, I mean, those types of things. So we are, we're working diligently to try to capture some of those memories to the extent that we can and, and make some special um, opportunities um, for our kids. Um, I'm also extremely proud you talked about equity. I'm very, very proud of our district's emphasis on equity. Um, we've been on this transformational journey um, of putting equity at the forefront of all that we do for several years now. Um, and it's one of the core values in our strategic plan. Um, and honestly, it's been a, a slow and gradual shift. <laughs> for us, um, there's been a lot of focus on relationship building, having courageous conversations, coaching through those courageous conversations, um, professional development, data-driven analysis of equity audits and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, when you come to a time like this, that's critical um, to hear people speaking the language of equity um, just in natural discourse is just it's beautiful. You know, there's there's no manual for how to deal with this. And so in a situation like this, you have to use your core values as your guiding principles when you're trying to create and adapt um, policies and procedures. And so um, throughout this entire season, we've been focused on getting resources to those who need them, um, respecting that each student has and, and will endure different circumstances um, prior to the closure, during the closure, after the closure, um, and making sure that our critical decisions don't harm them. Um, we've really been valuing flexibility and how we get things done, offering options um, and having empathy, you know, and I think sometimes it's hard to really understand what kids in trauma go through, um, if, unless you've been through it. Um, and so, you know, we're all experiencing some sense of that right now. And so I think it is developing a little bit of, of empathy. And I think some of the privileges that we're fortunate to have um, many of us are fortunate to have people are finding themselves in situational poverty right now because of furlough or because of what have you. And so, uh, you know, it really is developing um, increased empathy um, because people are experiencing challenges on their own. Um, so if I could just share, we ruled out um, a revised grading plan a few weeks ago. Um, and it was designed with an equity mindset. I mean, we were we were talking about equity and really trying to make sure that we captured the needs of our kids um, who may be under-resourced. Um, and we rolled it out and then we heard from families and we heard from students um, about how the policy could potentially negatively affect them. And um, our superintendent made a really brave decision and he said, okay, let's, let's stop. Let's look at the policy again. Let's dig deeper um, into it and um, see how we can include 
more kids because our kids didn't ask for this, right? So they shouldn't be penalized um, because of this situation. And so we did, we went back to the drawing board um, and we made it even better. And we rolled it out again um, this past week, we rolled out the second version of it. And um, it, it really reminded me of um, Brene Brown's work. Um, she says a lot that it's more important to get it right than to be right. And I just find that like it's the humility and, and to be courageous to say, we didn't do that right the first time. We need to try again. Can we ask for your grace? And, and let's, let's see if we can make this better for more kids. Um, and so the fact that that's the culture of our organization now um, is just, it, it makes me very proud. You know, we have a spirit of excellence and we have a team that's committed to getting it right for all kids. So I think if we can find a silver lining, it, it would say that the challenges really reveal just how far we've come in our equity journey. Um, and it's incredibly rewarding to, you know, to know that we're intentionally seeking to give kids what they need. Um, so that's, that's been a plus for us. Um, you know, where there's still plenty of um, opportunities um, to get it right in the future. Um, but, but it's, it's been nice to kind of reflect in that regard that, you know, in our toughest time, that that, that has been our fundamental focus. Yeah, and, you know, I just, I, I can't reiterate enough that idea that you said that, you know, that's when you have to rely on, like, what are your values? It, it's, I mean, these mm -hmm. are the times, they reveal character, right, so much. They, they show, okay, what are you actually about here? And the fact that you've been able to, um, you know, talk the talk of equity, but now walk it. And, and also, you know, I think it's such a great sign of leadership to be a little, I mean, that's a Brene Brown thing, right? Of being vulnerable and saying, yeah, I, mm -hmm. maybe we didn't get it right. And, and I think, you know, that's something that, I, that is more and more sought by um, organizations, but it's, it's just, it takes a while to get there. And I think what you've described is the fact that this didn't just happen uh, on March 15th or whatever. Like this is something that's been, uh, develop as part of uh, Chesapeake Public Schools for a while now. Even, in fact, even I know before uh, your superintendent came, this has been something, and he's just been able to continue on with that charge. So um, uh, I think kudos to you. And and I know as well as you speak that you know having spent a couple of days with you and your team, um, that sense of uh, of just the way that that your whole team kind of operates and thinks is 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 truly. Um, uh, authentic, I guess. And it's, it's not something put on, but it's something that you all really believe in and, and are working towards. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, when you think though about, you know, cause we don't know, like, we don't know what the fall is going to be like. We don't know how this is going to care. Like what are the challenges that you think of? Okay. So we've kind of got this in place so far and we think this could work, but what are you concerned about maybe whether it's a month from now or maybe even in the fall that you said, I, I wonder how this will play out. I'm just un, a little unsure because we are, no one's been here before. Sure. Um, you know, we recognize that this is a time of crisis for our families. As I said, many are on the brinks of situational poverty right now. Um, they're worried about their finances. They're worried about making sure their kids have basic needs met, um, staying healthy. They're worried about, you know, family members who are medically fragile um, and making sure that they have access um, to take care of them. Um, so um, I will say, you know, right now our school district quickly prioritized um, a, a mobile meal program um, to make sure 
that, you know, when you talk about Maslow's hierarchy, you've got to make sure that you, you have their basic needs met um, before you can dig into any sort of, and their sense of belonging and love and affection, which is why I really feel like we've done this in the right order. Um, but so we are worried about the mental health of our families, right, overall and, and those family structures right now. And, um, you know, when school returns, how are we going to facilitate the healing process and help our students and staff process this? Um, a good friend of mine, you know, we, we talked about reaching out to the kids and checking in on them. And, and uh, she's a principal in another district. And she said, Lena, well, who's checking in on the teachers? Right. Like because that's we have to make sure that they're good in order for them to make sure that the kids are good. And, um, you know, that was it's that that dynamic um, there. But I think in terms of equity, you know, there's still equity gaps that um, need to be disrupted and addressed. And, um, you know, some that would not have been exposed without this. Um, so for example, um, like you said, we still have parents that we can't get in contact with. Um, there's language barriers. Um, so where are they, you know, um, how do we, how do we communicate with them? Um, and what happens with those kids if they take incompletes in their classes because they weren't able to finish the coursework, you know, or what have you. Um, we really need to look at, um, how quickly we can get our district to one-to-one, -one, um, and build teacher capacity through through professional development you know um there's a variance in our teachers efficacy to be able to teach through technology and um and that presents an equity gap um i think that um you know looking at challenges ahead of scheduling remediation how do we assess the learning gaps and and quickly address them in the fall um, and make up that that lost instructional time, um, particularly for our kids who were already, you know, meeting some academic challenges prior to the closure. Um, how do we provide large scale social emotional supports um, in times of crisis like this? You know, like that that's a challenge um, that that we're concerned about. And then, of course, um, the the budget. I mean, the the future of our budget is uncertain right now. You know. Um, and we've made some really great gains over the last 10 years, um, 12, 10 to 12 years, as far as, you know, working our way back up to an operating budget that, you know, has some flexibility in it. Um, I oversee our district strategic plan and, you know, in the back of my head, I'm going, we've got all these goals that we need to meet before, you know, 2025. And how in the world are we going to do that um, without the funding to support these initiatives? And, you know, we're going to have to be creative and we're going to have to prioritize and figure out how to continue to make progress towards our vision. Um, because that vision is really about empowering kids, um, all kids, to, to achieve their life's potential, and including these kids right now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you've 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 addressed a lot of different challenges that some of them I hadn't really thought of. No one's no one yet has talked about budgets, but I've been thinking about that because um, with all of the spending, well, two things, right? With all the spending that. Uh, governments have had to do to, to keep things going, that's going to have to come back to us. Uh, not to mention the fact that our families are, are just, you know, going to be hit in a lot of ways too. So 
yeah, the, there's certainly there's certainly much we can do, but I guess it's all at this point we continue to be a little bit one day at a time. Uh, but at the same time, I know in a position like yours, uh, you have to be thinking ahead of these things too. So uh, that, those are definitely some challenges. Uh, just a couple more questions to close. One, this is always kind of just a fun one for me, and I know you mentioned that you work a couple of days at your office, but uh, any kind of just new routines that all of a sudden you've woke up or you're doing something at some odd time and you just like think, yeah, this is strange. This isn't my normal way either in a, well, this is kind of nice or this is just strange. Um, well, I can tell you, you know, I, I'm a worker. Um, so I, um, this is my first year in this position. And prior to this, I was a principal for six years. Um, so, um, so I'm not used to getting home when the sun is still out. Um, so it's been nice to like, you know, go for a run or a walk, um, you know, and the sun is still out. Um, it's, you know, I'm making more meals at home, which is good. I'm trying some new recipes and things. I'm, um, my kids are, have already graduated. So I, I know that there's a lot of professionals right now that are trying to balance um, parenting and professional life. And uh, I can say that I don't have that extra challenge um, right now, but my colleagues, you know, certainly share that with me. Um, but I'm catching up on reading books that have been on my Amazon wish list forever. Um, you know, so that's, that's been nice. Um, I just started a book study with some friends um, from throughout that we're doing through Zoom, um, getting some workouts in on Zoom. So I asked, you know, it's uh, the silver lining has definitely been balanced for me. I don't know that that's necessarily been the case for other people, but for me in my life season right now, it has been. Well, so. And and no one should feel guilty about that. I know, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, you do see people around you suffering and we're doing what we can to help them. But if, if there are things that we're being able to, you know, and, and this whole pause and let's reflect around how we want to spend our time and lives like there's those could be some lasting um changes that we all sort of implement hopefully for the better so uh that's that's great and the last question is uh and you know just to finish up what what sort of what is the good that you say you know what when this is when this is done in whatever shape form i sure hope this this is what the good that comes out of this for for uh, for kids and for teachers and for schools yeah um and kind of merging your last question with this one too. I'm, I um, I love ideating with thought partners. So in my nerdy kind of way, like this has been a, it's the challenge of having to think out of the box and and think of new ways to approach um, challenges and, and situations. Um, you know, has kind of captivated me. Um, and I think that it's captivated a lot of our educators to, um, I guess. Um, reignite that teaching, right? Um, and that um, they have a little bit more flexibility. Our state um, rescinded our um, standardized testing for this year. So um, that pressure of, of standardized testing has kind of been relieved um, from them. And so they're able to be creative, um, you know, in in how they can approach the curriculum um, and really embracing innovation right now because of necessity. But, you know, 
um, you see that collaborative spirit. We're all in this together. We're going to do this together. Um, you know, our professional learning communities, I can't say they're all super healthy. Some of them need a little TLC for their PLC, but, um, you know, in times of, of crisis like this, like they're all, they're working hard together and they're contributing and they're really figuring out, you know, what it means to have collective efficacy, um, because, you know, they all vary, um, in where they're at, but, I will tell you, um, our department oversees partnerships as well. Um, and so we have um, over 20 churches in conjunction with some nonprofit organizations that have come together, um, Chesapeake Churches United, um, that are um, working to gather resources and distribute them into our under-resourced communities. Um, I have the opportunity to serve one of those communities every Friday and um, to be able to go out and just see the joy on the kids' faces that were there. And we're passing out school supplies, you know, educational materials. We had um, an organization that donated over 5,000 children books. Um, and so we were able to distribute those and to see the kids' faces like, I get to keep these books, you know, um, is is so exciting, you know, to see a Nana smile because you brought her a roll of toilet paper. Um, because they're walking, you know, to Dollar General to try to find out if they have toilet paper today and they're disappointed every day. And then here you show up with toilet paper, you know, is it's um, the sense of community is just, I really hope that it continues. You know, I really hope that we, that we embrace and foster and we get back to some of these core values um, that make us who we are, um, you know, as humans and, and having connectivity. And um, I see some posts on social media of families that are spending quality time together and they're making the most of the situation and um, our everyday heroes are finally being recognized, you know, for the value that they bring um, that, that goes unnoticed. Um, I feel like we're, we're starting the emphasis of what truly matters. I hope that we capture that and I hope that we yeah. continue that and kind of some of the extra fat that causes us stress and is really um, more materialistic. I hope that I hope that we leave that behind. Um, you know, globally, um, it's beautiful to see humanity coming together, to see um, a commitment to each other's needs. Everybody's staying at home, and and because we're committed to each other's needs. And um, you know, I hope that we are able to our environment. Are, you know, from what I understand, the environment is healing itself. Yeah. The earth is, you know, healing itself. And, um, and, and I hope that we can look at our healthcare system, um, you know, um, and some of the inequities in, in that. And so I think it's shining a light on the things that matter most. And, um, and, you know, I think that we have an ethical obligation as the generation that is enduring this, um, to fix what needs, what's been broken, um, and that to get things in the right alignment and the right order for the next generation, so that um, so that you know there is positive outcome that comes out of this. Well, I'm uh, I'm confident with uh, leaders like yourself and the others at in in Chesapeake Public Schools and and really Virginia at large and and so many of the people that I, I know work with that that those things will will happen. And, and I think, uh, and I think we've got great leadership, which is, which is, uh, um, something that we continue to need to grow and develop. But anyways, I appreciate the time you've taken to share this. This has been great chatting with you 
And I look forward to uh, the time when we can get together uh, face-to-face again and, and, and reconnect in that way. So have a great, great That's day. That's right. We have good work ahead of us. You too. Take care.